In this episode of the Sustainable Fashion Podcast, we're back in Spotify's green room for raising your consciousness, discussing whether we can be fashionable, ethical and sustainable. Ethical fashion focuses more on the social impact of the fashion industry and what's morally right. So ethical fashion goes beyond your local laws and covers a wide range of issues from living wages, working conditions, animal welfare, vegan fashion, etc. So we've got someone else here. Oh, Clementina. Hey, um, I'll do some introductions for those that are in the room for who's up on stage. So we've got Lawrence. Um, Lawrence is a major fashionista, stylist that has participated. Um, we met here on Green Room and he hosts some rooms on fashion and style here on Green Room occasionally. So follow Lawrence definitely if you want to get into some more fashion conversations. We've got Rosie and Clementina. They're my friends um, from Upcycle Club on um, Clubhouse. They've come across um, today and brought a few people with them. So they, they're some fashion sustainability experts as well that are going to share their thoughts. And we've got Jean, who's one of my collaborators here on Green Room as well and is a budding upcycler. So it's good that you get to meet um, Rosie and um, Clementina as well. So anyone, whether we've met already or... If we haven't met, definitely raise your hand if you want to participate in the conversation and I'll bring you up. So you guys that are here on stage, I've read the definition of ethical fashion so everyone can understand what what we're going to be discussing. So I just my first question is, why is it important to be aware of fashion ethics? So we can just go popcorn style. Lawrence, since you're next to me, do you want to go first? And what is why is it important to be aware of fashion ethics? And then we'll go to Rosie Clementina and Gene. Thank you so much, uh, Bacala, for that um, introduction and also um, the, this important and very powerful um, question. And um, the, why it's important and also being everybody in this room and uh, that is a fashionista or a stylist or a designer or, you know, whatever we do or if just your average Joe, we have to take uh, action I mean, we're taking action now. That's why you have this amazing room. And that's why I also do a room towards the evening uh, because, you know, many of my friends in Europe, they always want to come and then we talk about everything else, you know, beyond fashion and all the extra stuff. But for us, um, sustainability and upcycling, it's not a trend. And it's not it's not something that we're just going to do now just because it's the hottest thing. And again, I've been in many rooms on Clubhouse and many rooms here where, you know, when Kale was in style, it's not it's not in style to be to take action. Um, I'm aware as a lifestyle stylist, I'm aware of what I do and my action and also my voice and my guidance through my clients and my circle of friends and family uh, bring to attention to them being aware because many people still don't know to this day that how much it takes just for one t-shirt how much water we waste for just one t-shirt and so yes we're we're all fashionistas here we're we're um you know even though you just wear a t-shirt and sweats or a t-shirt and track pants or you're wearing your couture it doesn't matter our action is very important now 
and it's going to be important, especially for the future, for our kids' future, for you yeah. know, ten years, Lovely. twenty years, and especially. Hello. Yeah, Lawrence, Hello. can I just cut you there? Can I just cut you there? And this is why yeah. we're having this conversation because you're talking about sustainable fashion, and we're trying to get an understanding, raise our consciousness on ethical fashion. So there's a slight difference, or is there? That's the question yeah, yeah. that I wanted. To yes, and and I'm and I'm getting to that. So sorry, and also, okay, sorry. you know, and, and, sorry, I got also sidetracked because you know I believe in sustainability, and I'm cycled, but uh, ethical fashion, you know especially like one of the big brands is H&M. They're greenwashing. So it's like, you know, they're saying that they're doing what they're doing, but they're actually not doing. They're, 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 they're showing a false, uh, a false communication of what needs to be done. So ethical, ethical fashion to me is really stepping up to the plate and walking the walk and doing the talk and really you know, it starts with me, it starts with you, it starts with everybody in this room. And no matter if it's also just recycling, you know, a banana or a bottle of water or uh, recycling and re-editing your cl- uh, closet, you know, we have that power. And I'm very conscious of what I what I buy and where I wear it. And, um, yeah, that's my comment for right now. Thank you. No worries, no worries. It's good. It's good to hear what you think about ethical fashion. I have my I thoughts and ideas about what that is as well. Um, and we're here to like raise our consciousness together on what it is and how can we participate and be more ethical with fashion. Clementina, I, I know Rosie's disappeared. Maybe she'll be back. Do you have um thoughts? What is ethical fashion? Why why is why is it important to be aware of fashion ethics? And if you could give a bit of a definition of what ethical fashion is to you. Hello. Jean, do you want to go? Yes, I do. Um, Um, This is a very personal subject for me, actually, Bacola, because um, my great grandmother came uh, from Puerto Rico to New York City. And the only thing that um, job that she was able to get speaking a little bit of English was to work in this overpacked sewing factory you know and it was one of the few jobs and the conditions that um people have in these factories where they're paying immigrant workers you know to this day are very very poor and they take advantage of these people and pay them extremely low wages and put them in these very hot rooms which is why they call them sweat factories um and uh just very poor conditions, not feeding them well, not, you know, overworking them long hours, not, you know, not letting them take proper breaks. And, um, you know, it's just inhumane. And we want to make better conditions for people. And it's unethical. And so when we're talking about ethical fashion, we're talking about people that work in these poor conditions. We're talking about animals being uh, farmed and uh, specifically for, you know, these uh, in, in abusive situations and uh, and then being used for 
you know, these uh, skinning and cheering and, and all these things that, you know, are just for us to have these fancy clothes that we put on our backs. So um, yeah. that's what ethical fashion is to me. And it's kind of a personal um, situation. Um, and I hope that we can improve it just by little things that we do. Yeah, um, that story is really powerful and like how close the proximity we are to like ethical fashion. I think Lawrence was making a really good point about sustainability in general. And I think what what sustainability really is, is the three pillars. So it's people, planet and profit. So it's the ethics, the environment and then also profit to be sustainable. So, um, yeah, so this is a sustainable fashion podcast I'm, I'm talking about ethical fashion specifically to try and bring out the point between what you and Lawrence were saying that there is a difference there a slight difference that the people and the environment are two different pillars and two different issues to be addressed and they're both as important as each other and it's it's good when we're thinking about sustainability to think about the whole round picture of sustainability so I'm glad you brought those points in Jean. Samuel, do you have something to say? And then we can go back to also Mike as well. Mike, do you have anything to say? Um what why is it important to be aware of fashion ethics? That's the question. Um, before uh Mike answers that I was just sitting here listening um to Eugene and I, it uh it occurred to me, you know, perhaps the time to um make a little more aware of this so that they grow up conscious of it is when we teach about the triangle shirtwaist factory fire. And so like, yes, we eradicated this kind of situation here in the United States and made that illegal, but look where it went. And this is why it went there. Um, I think it could be a really easy way to tack something on in terms of what's already part of curriculums to try and get um, everyone to sort of be mindful of, of, of where their clothes come from. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to mention them a bit later down the line in, in a point that I'm going to make. But like Fashion Revolution, do you ask that question? They've made that question really popular. Who wears my who made my clothes? And I think that's a really um, important question to start asking yourself when you're thinking about ethical fashion. Um, but Carla, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, Lawrence. So, so I also wanted to add to what Samuel and uh, Katrina was saying, because also... Uh, when you asked me the question, it totally slipped my mind, especially my client's kids. They're very aware of if they want that T-shirt or that little slip dress or the pair of jeans, they're the one that's taking action and being uh, aware and being alert and really communicating to their parents like, okay, mom, I want to get these jeans because this company is green. This company t- ha- takes care of their employees, this, 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 this. So they uh, – I see, again, I've been in many rooms with you or many rooms on Clubhouse where I have faith and believe within the Gen Z, the, the, the babies and the kids yeah. and the children, they're aware of what's going on and they're taking action. And that's why all these big companies are hearing it because they have the power. And I, that to me is a very positive light of, you know, their, their own um, ethical of, the movement and how they're going to stand as one. I mean, they also were the voices and the power during also the racism of Black Lives Matter and Asian hate. So I just wanted to add that in. Yeah, yeah. Ethics, I think, like um, I mentioned in the description, it's about 
um, the fashion industry and doing what's morally right. So those topics do definitely come into that. And I think that the, the younger generation really do tap into that. So I totally agree with you there, Lawrence. Um, I don't know if Mike and um, Clementina have anything to say on that first question, but I think the f- question has really set the tone um, for this conversation. So I feel like everybody understands what we're talking about now when we say fashion ethics and ethical fashion. So I'm going to go on to my next question. So um, definitely chime in um, whenever you want and raise your hand if you've got a point to make on on this as well. So um, what is really going wrong with the way we currently make our clothes? So I think Jean did touch on a few points there, but I just want to like really unpack like what is really going wrong because it's clear that the fashion industry is not operating in the most ethical way. Um, Lawrence did bring the word up, um, greenwashing. So like, yeah, what is going wrong with the way we're making our clothes? Just, it sounds a really, really basic question. Like some people in this room might be really aware of all the problems, but some people might be new to this conversation and might not know what is going wrong with the way we wear our clothes. So um, someone that has some insights on that might want to start with the big issues. Shall I shall I drop a few hints? Um, could I add to that, Miss Bacala? May I? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. With yeah. that one, what's wrong is we're such in a social so, so social um, me 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 me. You know, the Kim Kardashian of the world, the uh, the Bella of the world, the uh, uh, the Beyonce, the Riri is all about the image, 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 and it's about being relevant, and uh, it's about uh, what's in, what's in, what's in. Even though we were in the pandemic and we're still in the pandemic, uh, it's all about the vanity of it. And what what's wrong to for me to add to that? It's like these fast fashion are keeping up with the demands, especially, you know, if Gucci has something, everybody wants that one. Or if LV has something and they just showed, you know, it's couture, hold couture, uh, all the fashion shows, you know, it's just like, it's like hungry, hungry hippo. You know, the game is like people are just hungry, hungry, hungry for validation. It's just a vanity aspect of it. And so to that, all these companies, all these houses and these H&M and, Express and Zara are just feeding to the masses because again, there's also that percentage of these Gen Zs and the M's that were born when it was uh, the social world. So all they know is the vanity of FaceTime. I mean, um, uh, um, what is that? Uh, you know, face face like the Kim Kardashian uh, era of it, where the selfies and all that stuff. So again. What's wrong is that the, uh, that they're feeding to these hungry, hungry, hungry hippos. I mean, it's I'm saying hungry, hungry hippos because it is a game. Because imagine if you're like making all these clothes fast, fast, everybody's just going after it. So that's why I'm referring yeah. to hungry, hungry hippos because one, it was a fun game, and two, that's why I call it because they're keeping up with the demands. So that's what's wrong with that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I you think- made. <clears throat> Yeah, I think I think also like the 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 biggest um, point to make after you know with that, uh, which is kind of dancing around, is just the notion of instant gratification and how easy it is to have um, something you know in your hands uh, that you ordered earlier in the morning, Uh, and that you know we we sort of became seduced by that, and and how you know 
how convenient it was, um, but we didn't really take into account uh, what that was doing, like what we were actually buying into, I think. And so, or even if we did, we didn't fully grasp, you know, that everyone else was doing it too. And like, what does that mean? How many other people are doing this? Um, and so again, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really about educating the consumer. Uh, if, you know, if the actors can't be trusted uh, to police themselves, I think it's really, you know, breaking it down in terms of this is what this means when you, you know, order something from prime, like go through the whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what we were buying it... into. Sorry, Bacola. Um, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say these really good points in terms of um, when you think about this um, must need something fast and new all the time. What is the cost of that? So I just want to throw some ideas into the mix. Um, modern slavery, child labor, are people thinking that that that's what is taking place in order for them to, to get that happy poor moment, as M. Lawrence kind of said, like who's suffering? Is it ethical to have that? So, um, yeah, Jean, go ahead. Well, again, I'm, I'm not sure if this uh, plays into the ethical uh, uh, fashion of but um, to me, it does. But if they're when they're making the fashion with a you know particular type of textile, the choice in textile that they make is really important because we're talking about the um, the contribution to economic disaster with our large amounts of waste accumulating um, because of all the fashion and its inability to break down, like the textiles and the, the fabrics inability to break down. Um, and so using recyclable fabric and fabrics that are made of cotton and fabrics that can break down a lot easier than polyester and those kinds of things is so important. And a lot of people don't understand that, that our waste plants and facilities are over flooding um, and that this is a contributing factor. And yeah, I think it all ties into each other. The problem is kind of like a rounded problem. The, the way the, tu- the cloves are produced is a problem. And then the way the cloves are disposed of is a problem. And that's why we have the, the idea of the circular economy. And that, that's just to break down to people that don't understand that term. This, uh, I think we're going to actually have a room on the circular economy because it's one of the definitions that we're going to go through. So basically, that means that currently the, the economy you have now is that you create something, it's linear. So you create something and then it gets dis- disposed of into the bin. The circular economy means that it never or at the last resort, it would end up in the landfill. So you do things like we discussed in the last session, like recycling, upcycling, reusing, etc., to keep the product going in a circular fashion. And um, then you end up reducing or eliminating waste. And if the product is biodegradable, the materials are biodegradable, that's even better. So if it does come to the end of life, then the biodegradable is an option. So um that's just on the back of what you were saying um jean 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 um yeah so that that whole waste issue is part of the problem but then the for me just getting to the point today about how ethical is it our choices when we're buying this fast fashion these really low-cost products like who's paying the price 
if we're not paying the price in pounds. So that's really what the conversation is. Sonia, I can see you made it today. I'm so glad to see you here. What do you have to say on the topic? Hi, Bacola. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on the stage. Um, all right. God, this is such a, a, a big topic. Um, you know, uh, the, the subject of ethics. God, you know, it goes right across the industry through the entire supply chain. Um, and I know that we've just brought up the topic of sweatshop labour practices. You know, I think we also need to think about when we're thinking about this particular topic, it's also it includes child labour, it includes slave labour, and it also includes the hiring of illegal immigrants. Now, I, I know that this is a panel of, of people from across the world, but I just wanted to give an example of things that really happen here in the UK. And one example is that over the Christmas period, um, we, the UK was actually in lockdown and um, Boohoo actually had people that came in, and this was in the press, um, that they had people that came into factories, that the suppliers, and these in, the suppliers had made um, staff come in, some that had had been told to self-isolate. And unfortunately, these um, these people that really, because, because of lockdown, you know, they had no other means of money coming in, were forced to go into work. And unfortunately, COVID spread across the whole of, of the factory that they worked in now this is this is here in the uk you know and there is absolutely no accountability there was a lot of press around this and uh, you know boohoo kind of just received a bit of a slap on the back of the hand i know that there was some um there there was um some insights into the particular suppliers that had done it but there is really no accountability. So I just wanted to bring up this topic that, you know, when we are looking at these topics of ethics, it's across the entire chain, but it also happens on our doorstep and it needs to come from somewhere. And, you know, I think the yeah. main point is it's number one is accountability and separately it is down to the, it's the pound, it's money, it's down to money at the end of the day. And, and it really comes down to, I truly believe consumers and until consumers stop buying these products, this is not going to end. Um, anyway, I could talk about this topic all day, but I just wanted to kind of bring up one point. Um, but, you know, like I said, it goes across the entire supply chain. And, you know, it goes from not just sweatshops. It's the environmental impacts. It's cultural influences. You know, it's consumerism over consumption. You know, there's issues around advertising it even goes down to you know when you're thinking about ethics it's even thinking about you know forgery counterfeiting you know there's loads of things even blood diamonds it's such a huge topic um uh, so i could talk about this all day but um i hope that i've brought a bit of um light into how passionate i am about this subject thanks Andrew. well thanks sonia so great to have you here and you touched on so many points that I don't want to lead the conversation, but I'm glad you brought the conversation to this point. So obviously, Raising Your Consciousness is a sustainable fashion podcast show. And it's all about helping us raise our consciousness on issues. And ethical fashion is definitely an issue that people need to be more aware of. And you've definitely helped raise my consciousness on on, on some of those topics, even to the point that you were saying that it does happen in the UK. And it reminds me of the fact that some of these um, fast fashion brands like Boohoo use factories that pay um, 
employees £4 an hour, £3 an hour. And that's way below the minimum wage. And it's a practice that is commonly um, done. So um, someone on a different um, on a different event was kind of explaining this issue that um, some of the people that work in these factories actually want to be paid those tiny wages so they can claim um, support from the government and things like that. So it's 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 kind of like a system that supports itself. Like if they can get to pay people the bare minimum and produce these products and, and there's a loopholes to support it, then they're going to continue doing that. Um, Sapphire, I see you join the stage and we've got Stacey and we've also got Rome. So um, Sapphire, do you want to go next and then Stacey? Hi, hi, greetings everyone. Thanks for allowing me to come up. I, I just want to say I've always been aware of the issue from young and I think that's because I, I grew up in poverty so I was quite conscious from an early stage. But I just wanted to say there's some ways that we can combat and challenge these things that we're facing and talking about today and make a difference. I live on a street and not everyone lives in a residential area, but even the people that live in social housing, I've seen that they've organised themselves and they've been making like clothes collections. They've just got a few old um, clothes horse and they've just literally... Um, put some places around like there was a pub that was just abandoned because of the COVID and they've just made it like a stop shop for anyone who's needing clothes so it's free so anyone can just go and I feel like even my friends we sometimes do clothes exchange parties whereby and before the COVID to be honest but if there's something that you know you're gonna buy why not see if your friends got it. If you're the same size, you could just borrow that outfit instead of buying a yeah, new outfit. Most of us who buy a new gown, you're only going to wear to that event. You don't really want to wear the same um, gown again because it's pretty and it stands out and it's different. So you might as well just borrow. I think if we start borrowing certain times when we need to go to certain places, I, I know yeah. I haven't bought any clothes for the COVID until the other day and I did go to Primark unfortunately and I don't I know there's obviously modern day slavery everywhere no matter where you go to shop they can say they're doing everything above board but we know they're not they're not doing everything above board but sometimes I feel like I do want to support um I feel like sometimes when I'm spending my pound and pence it's making a difference to whoever is being exploited to some degree because I'd rather go for something that's, I don't know, I don't really like to spend a lot on fashion, to be honest. Um, I don't really want to buy into that type of lifestyle. So if I'm buying, like, just tops and stuff from their made well, that's my first consideration. And if something came up in the press about a certain place, I would walk with my feet because I don't stand for modern-day slavery at any time. But at the same time, I feel like, do we need as much clothes? I know I've changed my spending habits, um, not just because I lost my job, but um, I look in my wardrobe today and I can see four dresses, a few blouses, a few trousers and a few um, jeans. And I don't need anything more because I hadn't bought clothes since last March. I mean, since last year, February. And then the other day I spent, what, £200. And I bought a season of clothes and I've said, well, I've got my winter stuff. Sometimes we can do things in a different way like that and give people, sometimes people who 
may have financial problems they can be given are closed if they're wanting to receive them so all of that makes a difference and even when it comes to uniform donations some of the families who are needing clothes for their children do they really want to go to Marks and Spencer's or the market and buy something if it's decent try and offer it on um, Gumtree or somewhere you know because there's families that will take it it's just uniform it's not like it's something they need to wear every day I think sometimes where we live in a first world country as well, sometimes we are a bit spot. We're a bit spot in the way that we're quite squeamish when we do see people out in public looking like they're wearing their house clothes outside. And we need to change that mindset because clothes is clothes at the end of the day. We're lucky that we have shoes on our feet and we're lucky we can have as many meals we want. So sometimes we just have to pinch ourselves and say, do we really need to... Um, buy this product who are we harming by investing in this product and what are we showing our children my children don't ask me for sneakers my daughter has her trainers and we buy good brands so we kind of keep things like they get Jordan and then that's for two years two years and they're not wearing every day they're home their homes you know like their home children they don't walk about like walkie talkies so sometimes our spending habits will define our children's spending habits going forward so it's important for us as parents to demonstrate um good um spending habits when it comes to fashion we can be um i don't know as passionate as we want about the environment but what are habits what are our behaviors you know so that's what i had to say thank you Steph, yeah. um, uh, Paula, may I add to that what Sapphire um, probed me and it came to my attention? I just want to... Yeah, can I just I pose want... the next question? Can I just move because we've got like half an hour left. Okay. I'm going to pose the next question and then Stacey has got to come in as well. But I just want to... It's in line with what Sapphire says, um, said. So I just want to bring this question in um, and then you, you, you guys can shoot off and... Um, go on with the conversation so the question is really can we have a way of life that is fashionable ethical and sustainable just based on what Sophia was saying that question is really relevant right now so I just wanted to bring that in can we have a way of life that is fashionable ethical and sustainable so um yeah Stacey do you want to let Lawrence go or do you do you want to go Lawrence can go ahead and go that's super Thank you so much, Stacey. Um, I'm going to keep it short. So what she was saying, Sapphire, and I t- t- totally respect that with, you know, shopping and having uh, shopping with each other's circles and all that stuff. And for me, as a stylist in San Francisco, you know, before the pandemic, I, I, I dressed the ladies to lunch, right? And so for them, it's about keeping up with the Joneses. It's about getting that bespoke couture dress or that designer dress and and i'm praying that during this pandemic and um as i am going to get busy into the fall into the holidays and the galas are going to be opening up next year hopefully and all that stuff um i know that for my ladies who lunch i'm already doing and educating them about um upcycling um and also sharing because I know that their closets alone are like, it's just like a little mini Bergdorf Goodman. And because I feel it, I'm the one that's filling their closet. So again, there's that 1% of that client that 
wants only the new, the new, or, you know, she's keeping up with the Joneses. So say Miss Jones has a new gown and she's at the gala. And then Miss Anderson is like, oh, well, I want to get dishing out. It's like, it's like a catch up or keeping up with the Joneses. So hopefully, and I pray that, uh, they're relooking. And I know they have, uh, during the pandemic, looking at their closet and like, okay, I, do I really need this? Do I, need this or could I recycle or could I re-alter this so that's the one I'm pushing into um in my world in in California and hopefully you know as I do my YouTube channel and my IG live and the reels that to really bring attention to my audience and really like step step it up and really like take care of our planet and before they order that next gown or the next Louboutins or the next clutch or the Birkin they're going to think twice. And for me, as a stylist that, you know, I get hired to style these ladies and guys and for them to really check their check themselves before they need another, you know, another that they don't need. So I'm done for that. Thank you so much, Bukala and Stacey. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stacey. So the question, you've been in the room quite a while. You've listened to a lot of the conversation. So the question that I'm asking now is, can we, have a way of life that is fashionable, ethical and sustainable, but bring bring in the points that you wanted to make anyway. But that's where we are now. So can we have a life that is fashionable, ethical and sustainable? Is it possible? Well, I, I think we can, but it's going to take a little bit of effort on all our parts. Uh, I'm uh, coming at you from the um, Sahelish Duwamish territory, which is uh, you think of as Seattle in the U.S. And we're a pretty progressive, you know, part of the country which is awesome. Um, and one thing that was sort of inspiring me is recently I, I applied for the Seattle Maid, which is, uh, uh, it's not a grant. It was an opportunity to pitch for VC, but uh, I didn't make it at all because I don't really have a business plan yet, which is fine with me. I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm totally not ready. Just the application helped me think through some issues, which I hadn't before. But I got to watch the pitches from some of the um, sort of leading candidates for this grant, uh, not grant, but pitch opportunity for circular innovation businesses. And um, in specific to the fashion, there was one group that was refugee women that had come together and they are, you know, upcycling. They were getting from Goodwill and Ridwell clothing that hadn't been able to be sold secondhand and they were repurposing it into pet you know, pet supplies and little kitschy little garments. And I keep thinking there has to be some opportunity to do something kind of cooler and trendier that people would want. For me, I feel like the big issue that would make a lot of progress is if we had uh, upcycled clothing that was really attractive that where people didn't have to come from a sense of guilt to want it where they could just want it because it looks so cool. So that's the that's the gold ring that I'd like to shoot for. And I feel like for the creative people in the room, I, I just want to throw that one out there is, Hey, that's a cool thing we could do. And that's, I'm, that's all I have to say right now. Thank you. Thanks, Stacey. That was really great um, input. We do have some upcyclers around and um, Clementina is having issues with her mic. So she can't chime in here. I know Rosie is down there in the audience. I don't, and L, I don't know if they want to come up and talk about upcycling and the benefits of that and how people can get involved in that. But we've got Rome on the stage right now um, and Carlos. Um, so, yeah, can we live a life that is fashionable, ethical and sustainable? What do you guys think? 
Okay. Um, actually, I typed in a uh, something quickly in the chat book, Ola, because basically I had a finger slip. I was messing with my i my iPad, and I really didn't mean to ask to be on the stage. But okay. since I'm <laughs> but since I'm here, I think it's a matter of mindset whether people can do that or not, because there are many people that are fashion-minded. I shouldn't say fashion-minded. I would say they follow trends. And people who follow trends, in my mind, the way I see it, are probably the biggest problem. I was always taught, and my father always taught me, basically buy the highest quality you can buy um, and basically don't follow trends. So I don't have a lot of clothes, uh, and I don't believe in buying unnecessary garments. Um, and I try to buy good quality clothes that will last for a very long time because what you'll find is that trends come and go, and they usually recycle themselves. So if you have enough of the right quality pieces, you will be able to mix and match them. And here in the Nordic countries, there are a lot of, in Finland and Norway and Sweden, there are a lot of clothes rental companies now that are popping up all over where people rent something for a particular event and then there's a membership fee or one-time fee and then they take it back. And that seems to be working really well right now, but... Yeah, that's all I really have to say on the matter. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rome. I know you're not from the, the fashion, sustainable fashion circle. So seeing that you're doing so, so sustainably is really, really great to see that you have that awareness. And this is why we're having that conversation to really like support each other's understanding of doing the right thing. And I, I definitely really um, agree that you are doing the right thing. Really definitely sustainable mindset. So you can put me back downstairs now if you don't mind. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Bukala, may I add, to, again, is every person on stage is like probing all these amazing points. And every time they make a comment, I'm just like, oh, wait, I want to add, I want to add. So really quickly for what he just said, may I add, I'm, keep, it, keep, it, keep it short, Rome. I, I'll keep it short, Bukala. With what Rome said, like as a stylist, I'm always about communicating and styling my clients to invest on the quality. Of course, they have the deep pockets to do so. But for my young new clients, I tell them to hang on, build up their penny bank to get that statement pieces because that's going to last um, a lifetime. And they do need to do the trends, do the trends and shop at Goodwill, shop at a consignment shop, shop at somewhere where you know, or charity or the church charity where, because, you know, everything comes back, you know, it's, it's a circle of life. It's a circle of fashion. And so, um, and I'm glad Rome that you brought that up because as a stylist in California in New York and Atlanta, it's all about the signature classic pieces because they never go out of style. And once you have your style, you can't go wrong. And the trend is a trend. But it's not what defines what your style is. Thank you, Bacala. No worries. I love your enthusiasm, Lawrence. Yeah, so um, if you guys um, are new to Green Room, I'll just give you like a bit of housekeeping. We've got about 20 minutes left, but you guys can get involved in the Green Room stuff here. I see you guys have found the chat, so you can actually like leave comments there. I'm not actually following the chat um, now, but I'll probably dive in and see 
um, just before the end, what's going on in the chat. You can also give people gems. So if you like what someone's saying, it's like a round of applause. You can tap on their face and give them a gem. If you're on an iPhone, if you're on an Android, you probably can't do that. But it's just part of like making the conversation a bit fun. So if you if someone's on the stage and you really enjoy them, um, just give them a few gems. You can also follow people. And at that moment, at this moment, I'd just remind you guys, um, if you're new to Greenwood, definitely follow me. So you'll know when this conversation is taking place. Um, you'll get a notification um, when I open the room again for the next conversation. And I know we've got Carlos and we've got Elle. Um, Carlos, what are your thoughts? And then I'm going to move. I've got two more questions. We've got 20 minutes. So um, I just want to get Carlos's thoughts. She came up a while ago. So we're asking, is can we have a way of life that is fashionable, ethical and sustainable? I know Rome gave some really good points on his really sustainable lifestyle. So I don't know if you have similar points. And then we'll move over to Elle, who's one of my favourite upcyclers. Um, yeah, Carlos. Sorry, I I have a, a little bit poor connection. I I agree with most of you in 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 most of the topics. I I was out of of New York a couple months ago. I was in a couple beaches in in the in the Caribbean Ocean in the in the Atlantic Ocean in US, and I was picking up many things uh, on the beach. And I was surprised, you don't have any idea how many clothes I pick up in people just throw away things. There are things that we can reuse, we can recycle, we can do better in many ways. But I don't know, there are no, there are no responsibility for the things. Uh, one of the reasons that I like to enjoy this is because we can share some ideas, some thoughts. Maybe we are not alone doing these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you talk about responsibility, that's... Oh, have you finished or is, is there more to add? No, no, no. I am just listening to you, your, your ideas. I have a little bit poor yeah. connection. I need to pay attention. Okay. Yeah, when you talk about responsibility there definitely needs to be more responsibility for the end of life products um in the fashion industry and there definitely needs to be more responsibility for the care as we go back to the topic at hand ethical fashion the care of people in the industry that are working the workers rights and things like that so yeah i'm going to pass to l do you have any thoughts on what carlos is saying and and what stacy has said um, these guys are new to, I don't know if they're new to Green Room, but they're new to my conversations, first time meeting them. And I'm, I don't believe they are definitely working in the fashion industry. So it's good to get a perspective from someone like Elle that works in the fashion industry as upcycler. Hi, everyone. This is exciting. This is my first time in Green Room. Thanks, Bacola, for having me. Um, Hi, Elle. Hi, Elle. Hi. 
Hi, hi, everyone. My name is Elle, and I am the artist behind Elle Raleigh, which has a mission to recreate the created by upcycling fabric. Um, I know somebody was asking about what upcycling is, and I just kind of wanted to read that so we are kind of a little bit familiar about what upcycling is. So upcycling um, is reusing discarded objects or materials in such a way as to create a product of higher quality or value than the original. I believe the question was, can we... Um, can you repeat the question again, Bukola, and then I will answer it. Okay, so can we have a way of life that is fashionable, ethical, and sustainable? Yes, and I believe the answer is yes, we can. I think what's most important that we need to do is, one, um, have transparency in brands, um, and two, accountability. And I believe we are definitely paving a way in regards to keeping these big brands um, accountable for what they're doing. As we all know, there's a lot of greenwashing that is happening in the industry where people are just pretty much saying that, you know, they're environmentally friendly. And then we find out that the only environmentally friendly that they have is probably that they're tagged are recycled, um, things like that. And so I think what's so important um, in what we can do is to keep these brands accountable. And I just, exactly what Carlos had said, I think, you know, these rooms and these conversations are so important to have um, so that we can start, you know, um, coming up with solutions, um, keeping each other accountable for what we're doing. Um, and, you know, with Lawrence was saying, there's so many ways of how we can keep things ethical. If that's either, um, you know, mending your clothes, buying secondhand, repurposing, upcycling, mending, buying, um, locally from brands that um, are getting things made here or, you know, using organic or sustainable materials. Like, There's so many facets in regards to how we can keep fashion um, ethical and sustainable. Um, and, and also, you know, it's also understanding what sustainable means, because I feel like that's a huge other umbrella term that we're like, okay, what, what does sustainable mean? But I think, yes. Um, yes that's what answers. we're trying to break down. Um, I've got Basically, I'm using the Good On You Sustainable Fashion Glossary. So I've got 22 sustainable fashion definitions. So I'm going to hold a room on each one. So we've done sustainable oh, fashion last week, which you couldn't attend. But we're doing ethical fashion this week. And I think we're doing fast fashion next week. So, yeah, we're going to be breaking down every little thing. Oh, this is fun. Oh, this is great. So, yes, I, I am looking forward to the other rooms. I'm looking forward to these conversations and to spread awareness in uh green in the green room so thank you bill cola for having me i hope i was able to answer your question and i'm done speaking amazing yeah so um oh we had some people on the stage that have disappeared and um, we've got about 10 minutes left and i know it's late for some people in different parts of the world so i don't want to keep everybody um too long but um i've got two more questions so i'll go off with this question that i have and if anyone can answer it, maybe Sonia might have some insights or Elle might have some insights. Samuel also, I don't know if Clementina can talk at the moment. And maybe Lawrence might have some insights as well because um, you work in the fashion industry. But I do have a bit of an answer for this question, which I'm going to share. But I'll um, ask the question anyway. And then if you've got an insight on it, jump in and then I'll share my response and then we'll move on to the final question. So what do we need to start looking for as consumers to identify if a brand is ethical? So does anyone have an insight that they want to share that how you can identify whether a brand is ethical for those that are listening and that are really concerned about the child labour, modern slavery, workers' rights and all these kind of really terrible things that are going on? Um, 
and don't want to participate that in that, um, how do they identify if a brand is ethical consumer? I can. Oh, hi, Clementina. Okay, you guys can talk. Oh, we can't hear Clementina. Clementina, you might want to get out and go airplane mode and then come back. Because I know when you have a glitch, you just have to go in your airplane mode. It's going to just take you out for like a second and then it'll rebound you back. So anytime you guys have issues here, that's what I've been fighting is go turn on your airplane mode and then turn it back off and then it'll reset you. Yeah, Al, go ahead. Thanks, Lawrence. Um, I think the first thing that we need to look is what their story is. I think go on their website, um, check out their about me, read about their story. Um, and then also see if they have a sustainability report. I know, Bacola, we were talking about this the other day in regards to, um, you know, is there a way to measure what they're doing? Do we know where their factories are from? Do we know how they're getting made? Um, you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, like good on you, I think has a lot of brands that talk about like their sustainability. And, and what they're doing but it's it's also understanding their story you know I think um, that's probably one of the first things is do they have a story what's going on what is their purpose um, and then delving into more of what you know their clothes are made how it's getting made things like that I, that's the first thing that I would do is, is look at their about me um, first yeah yeah definitely we've had this conversation before amongst ourselves but I just really wanted to bring that into the this this conversation as well to just really raise that consciousness again for other people that wouldn't know where to start does anyone else have a point on that or i'll share another resource that you can um look into sonia you flashing your mic do you want to go yeah thanks color um i was gonna say that um there are a few things that you can do um most brands have a policy page um, that you can look at. Now, obviously, there is there is a lot of greenwashing, but, you know, it's always worth checking these out. Um, separately, look for brand certifications, things like B Corp, Fairtrade, et cetera, et cetera. Again, you need to do your own research into that um, off the back of these websites because sometimes you don't necessarily <laughs> you don't necessarily uh, believe what is written in those um, websites, but you do need to check it all out. And then just like um, Elle said, is follow the story. Make sure that you are really understanding what the brand story is about, you know, and really follow what they do. You know, are, do, do they say, what, you know, it's quite a British term, but does it do what it says on the tin? Um, or do, are they doing things that are, are greenwashing? So, you know, it's always good just to follow the story. And, you know, things like you can contact the brands directly, ask them what the policies are, ask them what they're doing. You know, if you see things on Instagram that you're not, you're not happy about, contact them, ask them questions. Um, it's always good to do that, you know. Um, so these are some of the things that you can do um, in regards to kind of checking whether brands are ethical. Um, and also just keep reading the press, keep looking at what companies are doing and i think the best ways to do that is to continually just watch this you know listen to the stories listen to what they're saying you know are they true to what they say and i think it's just you know it's it's a journey at the end of the day but these are just some of the ways thank you yeah thanks thanks ella and um, sonia for shedding light on that um hopefully clementina we can have you on mic for the next conversation we're going to be talking about fast fashion so 
Um, it's a shame we couldn't have you um, participate today. Um, I've got a, a really great resource. Um, so there's a there's a um, fashion transparency index by the Fashion Revolution. Um, you can check them out. So they have um, 250 of the world's largest brands and retailers. So they review them and rank them according to the information that they disclose on their social and environmental policies, practices, impacts and operations and supply chain. So you can go to the Fashion Revolution website and probably find one of the brands that you're um, looking for. You can download the 2021 index. So if you're really interested in like, okay, which brands ethical, where do I start? There's that report there. Um, that index there, that, that's a good resource to, to go. So I just thought I'd throw that in there for anyone that's serious about finding out um, if brands are ethical. There's, there's information out there for that. So um, um, my final question, we've got about five minutes. So um, anyone on stage can jump in on this and also anyone in the audience that wants to come up for the last um, few minutes of this um, session can definitely raise their hand still. So um, yeah, so what are, what are the signs that products are not being produced in an ethical way? So I've got a few examples here. So possibly very low cost, poor quality materials, lack of transparency from the brand that we talk, talked about. Are there any other suggestions that you can come up with for signs that a product is not being um, produced in an ethical way for, for anyone that's trying to look out for whether this product would be ethical or not? Yeah, if um if something feels like it's really on trend or it's exactly what you've been looking for at the right price, um, that's probably not uh, ethically made. Uh, also, someone had mentioned before um, that they wanted to see sustainable fashion um, that they really coveted and not coming to the place, not coming to it from a place of guilt. Um, Elle's collection is really awesome. I don't think that there's anything so cool uh, that I've seen in a while. So definitely make sure to check. Yeah, so um, we're on the hour. I think we've covered most things. And I think some of you have given really, like, a really good point. Um, ties back to what Lawrence was saying at the beginning about everyone just wanting something fast and something now. The happy pose um, statement really <laughs> rings true. Um, I like that, Lawrence. It was funny. Um, yeah, so um, I'm going to wrap up now Um, just give you a bit of an overview of what we're here for. Um, for those that that didn't really um, get that introduction. So basically, Raising Your Consciousness is a podcast show that I've put together to bring sustain the sustainability conversation to the everyday consumer. And Spotify Green Room is the perfect platform for this conversation. So I really appreciate you guys joining me here. So um, if you are a, fa a fashion business, um, you can connect with me um, to find out more about how I help fashion businesses reach more people make an impact and push forward with sustainable fashion i'm going to be here every thursday at 11 p.m bst with this conversation and on monday i'm holding a zoom presentation about how fashion brands engage with sustainability and i'll be sharing a little bit more about the global fashion marketplace so if you're interested in finding out more about the work that i do with sustainable fashion businesses dm me on instagram global fashion marketplace and i'll send you the zoom link that's going to be at 4 p.m. BST on Monday.